Hello and welcome back to the Harbour Hoops podcast. Surprisingly, this is episode 50 of the podcast. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Ben Jones. How are you doing? Oh, we've done it. We've got to 50. It's an incredible yep. feat. I'd like to thank everyone I know for getting me here. Uh, hello. Yeah, we hit 50 spots. So we're 50 off 100. Good maths, quick maths. Quick <laughs> maths, half century, here we go. Yeah, I know, we've been doing this for probably about eight months, maybe seven months. Um, yeah. Got into 50 episodes, so probably going to average about 75 episodes a year at this rate, which is good. Not quite the level of other podcasts, but good going, I think. Yeah, well, uh, some may be overdue, we've discussed off air, but you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah, we're struggling to keep up with uh, daily NBA pods. I think they're a little bit too much for us at the moment uh, <laughs> with, our, with busy lives. Um, but yeah, this is episode 50, crazy to be here. Um, obviously, thanks to, to Ben for being on, on probably, what, 45 of the 50 episodes together, I'd probably say, so far. Yeah, well, you deserve all the thanks, mate. You're, you're the, the uh, engine of this ship. Keep us going. Oh, God, like the Titanic. Here we come. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and also kind of wanted to mention big thanks to a couple of people uh, for getting us here as well. So Rich Barrett from MDA UK Fans, he's kind of championed us before. Uh, many times on Twitter, and he always shares our stuff and, and gets involved with the Saturday lives they do. So big thanks to Rich. Um, Dan Healy helped us set up the podcast originally as well from Miami Heat UK. So big thanks, Dan. And then Stuart uh, Cruikshank and Phil Tomlinson, they did our artwork and our uh, intro music as well. So without those kind of four guys, we would have been uh, a little bit further back than we are now. So yeah, big thanks to those four. And uh, big thanks to Ben for putting up with me talking about Luka Doncic and Carmelo Anthony every week. Hey, I pay you back by talking about LeBron, so we're even. No, I've heard that for, for, for too many years. Um, <laughs> so, uh, plan for the podcast, we're going to go through our usual segment of uh, winners and losers to kick it off. We're going to end with our best upcoming games for the next week. Um, so, some games that we're, we're kind of excited about and talk about. And I'll give you an update where we are on our prediction standings. Uh, and then in the middle, though, because this is episode 50 and special one, we're going to talk a bit about Semi-Pro, the film starring Will Ferrell that me and Ben irrationally love. Uh, and we're going to do some player comparisons, comparing the players in that film to either current or ex-NBA players. So should be a good one. But let's kick it off with winners and losers, mate. On a positive note, then, why don't you go through your first winner of the week? OK, my first winner of the week um, solidified themselves with two huge wins and one cancelled game. Uh, it's my home team. It's the Cavs. Beating yeah. the Back to back and a cancelled game against the Wizards, which I'm going to assume they would have won. <laughs> uh, they are playing extremely well at the moment, uh, so they they are my winners. My first winner of this week. Yeah, three wins in a row for the Cavs. Uh, I think Garland's been out as well. This I know that for all three of those games, and uh, Colin Sexton's had to kind of lead the team to victory. What are your thoughts on Sexton at the moment? He's playing incredibly well. Yeah, more sex, less land at the moment. And um, it seems to be benefiting the Cavs for whatever reason. Um, it's been a funny time for them at the moment uh, with obviously the trade getting Jarrett Allen, which he showed his worth in the most recent game against Brooklyn. Played really, really well. Came away with um, 19 points and six rebounds. And it, that seemed to be the theme of the the most recent game against the Nets. They seem to just bully them. They're just too big. Um, Andre Drummond, pod fave, 19 and 16. Um, they, they were just, yeah, bullying them, basically. Just doing what they want on the balls. Larry Nance Jr. got 15 and 10. It's some unbelievable stat lines they're putting up. So, um, fair play to the Cavs there. Beating out three, well... I guess KD's not played this one, but so two massive superstars in Harden and Kyrie. And incredibly, Kyrie has come back and just absolutely been balling as well. He's yeah. played so well, especially if, if you look at some of his highlights to some of the shots he's taken and taken with confidence are just incredible. He is a hell of a player. Like him or love him, you cannot fault his basketball prowess. I agree. In the first game, the double overtime game, uh, it was it was the first game with KD 
Harden and Kyrie all together. Uh, the game that Sext- I'm going to call him Sexton. <laughs> the game that Sexton scored, I think it was 20 points back to back in the in the overtime. I think it was like 147, 135. Uh, that had all three stars in, and you still won that game, even though like KD played 50 minutes, which is a bit ridiculous, by the way. I know that I know he looks healthy, but I would not be playing someone off an Achilles injury 50 minutes, even no. if you want win, want to win that game because. Like we've said before, they're, they're the sort of team that will get enough wins. They're going to be in the top six seeds quite easily, we think. Uh, and then it's all about playoff time. You don't want to kind of wear your best players out too early. So I did think that was a bit strange. But that was a hell of a win. Uh, and it's quite interesting to see James Harden definitely become more of the uh, the kind of passer in the team, I guess. Um, yeah, he, he seems to be the facilitator. He's gone back to that role he had a couple of seasons ago in Houston where he was kind of the point guard, which I think... Personally, I love that style for Brooklyn because Kyrie is a good passer, but he is yeah. a better scorer in terms of he can go inside and shoot. Um, yeah. And for Harden to just sort of pass from the perimeter is perfect because he can always get it kicked back out to him and shoot. I think it's a really good setup for them. It is, but it's not a good enough setup to beat the mighty Cleveland Cavaliers, like you said. Um, so before we move on to the next one, I want to ask you a question. Can the Cavaliers finish in the top 10 to be guaranteed a place, at least in the playing tournament? Or can they also finish in the top six and be guaranteed a playoff place? What are your thoughts as a Cavs fan going on this bit of a high so early in the season? Um, no, <laughs> I don't think it's going to hold. Um, they're playing incredibly well. They're eight and seven, which... And you look at some of the teams below them currently and you think the Hawks should pick up, Brooklyn should pick up, then it's yeah, the Heat in eight. Um, yeah, the Heat and Raptors as well, aren't they, outside that top ten that you'd like to pick exactly. the Heat up to a point. And you never know, Washington might find some form at some point in the season and start climbing the ranks. I, From a realistic standpoint, I don't think they can hold this form. Um <laughs> Because especially lately, Chetty Osman has been incredible. He's played so, so well. Really consistent. And it, his shooting has improved so much. Because before, he was a real good sort of slasher with the ball and could make a quick move to the rim um, and was quite athletic. But his shooting's really improved now, which is great. Um, I was reading somewhere that maybe they might think about Kevin Love coming off the bench now and using this starting unit that they've got working well together at the moment, keep Larry Nance in the starting lineup. I I personally just think they need to move on from Love. I think they need to find a suitor for him. But um, And that's the other side of it. Although they are playing really well at the moment and are quite high up in the standings, do I want them to stay there is the other question. <laughs> yeah, maybe not, maybe not. No, because, you know, it's going to be quite a strong draft next year. And with um, letting some players go recently, uh, they need to fill some uh, roster gaps with some young talent. So um, I would be looking for them to sort of slide down the rankings slowly in the next few months. Who knows? They could finish in that that 10 seed and and have a playing game. We should see. Cool. Well, we'll go on to my, uh, my first winner of the week. Uh, I think we've got one or two the same, so I know we haven't got this one the same, so I'll start with this one. Oh. I've gone with my team, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, two, two wins in a row. Um, uh, what's kind of more impressive is the teams they play. So the Pacers, who are second in the East, and the Spurs, who have had a really strong start to the season again, especially defensively. Uh, they managed to kind of win both those games. They won the Pacers game quite convincingly, with Luca not really on his best form in terms of scoring he was more of a facilitator that night which I found impressive um Luca in general last night against the Spurs was a real MVP form I think he was 36 9 and 11 uh which is really impressive wow. um yeah he played really really well last night he played really well against the Pacers but like I said it was more of a facilitator role uh, the amount of times which is a, seems to be a new set they've got where Porzingis is in the corner for a three uh, then Luca drives, and, and they always think that Luca's going to score first, and that KP's kind of just going to stand out on the three. But KP follows him in for a dunk. They did that five times against the Pacers, and they did that three times last night. So I think it's a a new thing they're working on. Well, Pozingas kind of getting around the rim for, for easy dunks, which makes sense. So he doesn't have to just shoot ten threes a game every game. Yeah, and yeah. He, he is absolutely huge. So why is he, he needs yeah. to be utilized? 
Yeah, well, second biggest player in the in the NBA, I think. Um, but yeah, so they're they're up to seventh in the standings. They kind of go on these two or three winning game runs and then two or three game losing streaks. But they've done this without Maxi Kleber. They've done it without Josh Richardson. They've done it without Dorian Finney-Smith, and they've only had Jalen Brunson for two of the last six games as well. So they've been decimated by injuries. They're still in seventh. Uh, I know we kind of wanted them to finish third or fourth in the West. That was where we saw their ceiling. Um, and they're only one game back from four for the moment with the, the awful run of injuries uh, and, and COVID-related issues. So I think when they get Josh Richardson back, they'll only improve. Um, we'll talk about it later, but they've got a big week this week with a couple of games against the Jazz. So, yeah, they, they've been a winner of the week for me. Luca's looking back to, to true MVP form, and I like to see Paul Zingas playing as well as he is. So, yeah, the, the Mavs are my first team. Nice. Uh, who's your second team? Uh, second team I've got, which I imagine will be on your list, is the Utah Jazz. They are currently on a seven-game winning streak nice. and are playing ridiculously well. They've really knit, knitted together well this season um, and are, are just just playing as a real team. Although Donovan Mitchell is the sort of the leader and the standout player, everybody on that roster has been sort of um, stepping up and filling their roles and, and just doing what the team needs. And it's it's obviously working for them because, like I said, they're on a seven-game winning streak. Yeah, coming off two big wins against the Pelicans in a, one of the, the mini-series. Um, I'm looking forward, actually, to watching them play the Warriors game I've got marked this week. Um, and I'll probably, I'll probably see them a lot this week with the two games against the Mavs. So I'll be interested to see kind of how good they are against those elite Western Conference teams. Yes. Um, because I know they've done well against the Nuggets. I watched that game a couple of weeks ago, and that was last Monday. They did really well in that game, and Donovan Mitchell played really well. Um, but I'd just like to see them see them a little bit more, because they've surprised me, actually. I thought they were going to be a bit lower down than they are, but they've been one of the most impressive teams so far. And They weren't, they weren't actually on my list. I took them off my list. But for me, they're probably one of the most informed teams in the league at the moment. Uh, and if they can beat the Warriors and Knicks in the next two games, they're probably going to be right up there in the top of the top of the standings, chasing that one seed. So, fair play to uh, the Jazz and any Jazz fans out there. See, I, I always, I think you might have found as well, especially doing like picks that we've been doing for the podcast. I, I'm, I'm always quite high on the Jazz before the season starts, and always think they're going to do really well. And they, yes, you are. <laughs> they, they I, I'm sure every season they have a run like this, where you're like, oh my god, they've won like eight in a row. They're incredible. And then they'll like go on a five-game losing streak and just sort of vanish into the middle of the pack and you don't really talk about them to the playoffs again. Mm-hmm. So they really need to keep this form going and keep this consistency up, basically. Um, yeah, that's, what, that's what you need from the Jazz for now. Just keep it where it is. Keep the bar set. Um, before we move on, we probably can't talk about the Jazz and not talk about this. Did you see the uh, interview between Shaq and Donovan Mitchell? Yeah. Yeah, what's your initial thoughts on that? Because I've seen, I've seen some people obviously hate the interview, and I've seen a couple of people maybe who work for certain companies, I'll say, that have links to Shaq, <laughs> that, um, that are saying that, oh, this is just the way that Shaq motivates players. And Shaq doesn't care about Donovan Mitchell, for me. Like, he's not motivating him. He's just being a bit of an idiot, and the, the interview's just rubbish. And I love their show, but I think sometimes I think sometimes they, they kind of go above their station, and they speak to people almost not like humans at times. It's very weird. KD has a big issue with all those guys as well, and now Donovan Mitchell also. So for me, I didn't like it, but where do you stand on the matter? I found it very weird as well. Like, like you said, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that show, and I love those four guys. But that was a weird comment to make i don't understand why he went at him like that like i I, he didn't need to do it and obviously donovan mitchell felt exactly the same like i i'm playing really well at the moment our team's playing really well at the moment why are you coming at me like that like i don't need motivation from you Mm -hmm. you tired six years or whatever why yeah what do you know like two weeks ago you didn't even know who wanted the Houston player you were interviewing was? What, what yeah, relevance is, you have for me? Yeah, which that interview itself is worse. And obviously the KD one as well, you know, where KD just answers in the one word earlier in the season. Um, I think there's just been time after time now. I think they, they really need to work on their relationship with these non star players. 
Um, yeah, I know Luca enjoyed his interview on there, but they were also they were also kind of taking the mick out of him because obviously uh, his lack of knowledge about American culture and stuff. But I just think that um, they're fun, but when they try and become too serious, they need to to be serious in the right moments and use their platform to talk about basketball like they did when Draymond Green was on. But they don't need to kind of try and interrogate players and and, and try and get these soundbite clicks. I think that's a it's a weird way. I don't think. I hope the show kind of doesn't just go that way forever. I hope they lean back towards their roots, which is a bit more fun and a little bit more true basketball rather than just trying to get clicks. Yeah, definitely. And they did it with Jokic as well. Because was it Shaq was like, or Chuck said, oh, I thought you were from Russia. Like that. It sounds silly, but that could be really offensive to some people. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, especially if, if you're the player you himself. Yeah, if you have a pride and a passion about the country you're from. And someone's like, oh, I just assume you're from Russia. Like, <laughs> yeah, when, and when you work for a company who do the research and you know, like all the stats they have for the games and stuff, like you can just work out where he's from or, or you know where he's from and you're just saying that to get a click. So yeah, I think that hopefully these interviews kind of improve and this stops happening. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. They're letting themselves down because as a couple of hosts, especially um, Kenny as well, I think that, the other two at the moment are letting them down a little bit for, for, for me. But we'll see we'll see how that goes. And I feel sorry for Donovan Mitchell. And I'm glad that they won to, to kind of shut him up, which is good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, my next team that I, I replaced the Jazz with, because I knew you had them, was the Clippers. Um, they lead the West with a 12-4 and record overall. Uh, I think they're on a six-win, yeah, six-game winning streak at the moment. Offensively, they look really, really good. Tyloo's got them drilled. The ball movement is a lot better than it has been in the past. Uh, and I know the last couple of games they've they've kind of beaten lower teams in the West with the Kings and the Thunder, but you've you've got to win who you've got to beat who's in front of you, which I think they're really good at at the moment, and they're not having these these streaks of games like some of the other teams where, like the Nets for example, where you lose to a team that you probably shouldn't lose to. Um, yeah. The Clippers seem to be just doing the business in the games they should win, and maybe their issue is against the the, the top tier teams that they haven't played in a couple of weeks really. But the Warriors is the only one they've played in the last few weeks. You'd think are and even, even a playoff team at the moment. Uh, and they lost one of the games and won one of the games. But aside from that, they're beating the teams they should beat. The offense looks good. Paul George, who we've spoken about before, is having a really good start to the season. Uh, and Kawhi is, is always going to be Kawhi. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to mention them because they lead the West at the moment. And we always talk about the Lakers. The Lakers are the best team. They've got the best defensive and offensive ratings in the league. But the Clippers are right up there again like they were last year. And they'll probably be within five games of them most of the season, you'd think. So, yeah, shout out to the Clippers for me. Yeah, I've got the Clippers on my words list as well. Um, they beat the Pacers, who we spoke about last week, who are really on form at the moment, although they might have taken a slight dip recently. Um, so that wasn't an easy game to win. And, like you, and then, like you said, you've got to win what's in front of you. And this is the time where the great team should capitalise, is these easy... In, quotation marks easier games these winnable games mm-hmm. if you're not winning those during the regular season then you need to stop caring about your placement and then just focus on the playoffs whereas if you do want some sort of home court advantage this is when you put your marker down you know make these teams not want to come and play you um by beating them and blowing them out and and then the clippers seem to be doing that at the moment so yeah fair play to the clippers yeah, definitely. Um, their bench has been a little bit better than I thought as well. Luke Kennard and Marcus Morris. I'm not the biggest Marcus Morris fan. Um, I don't think anyone who likes Luka Doncic is the biggest Marcus Morris fan, but uh, him and Luke Kennard have been scoring well off the bench, which I think helps when you've got those two stars in the starting lineup if you can kind of spread your points around. Um, do you see them being the main contender at the moment for the Lakers long-term in the West with just the way they're playing and the way they're set up? Or you think that uh, they're going through a bit of vain form and maybe there's other teams that can you know, pose a, a bigger test long-term? No, I still have the Lakers and the the Clippers as the the upper echelon of teams, especially in the West. Um, and that's, I I guess it's still kind of what we want to see in that Western Conference final, those two teams going at it. Um, and to be honest, I don't know if I could call it at this moment in time, both teams playing well, mm-hmm. uh, both sort of stars playing consistently. It's nice to see Paul George stepping up as the leader of that team. We said all last season... They needed someone to do that. And Paul George seems to be the man because I don't think Kawhi is. And I just I just think that's him. We know he's quite quiet, but I think that's 
when he operates best, kind of when the limelight isn't on him and he can just play basketball. So Paul George needs to sort of take that mantle on and those guys that talk too much have seemed to have been a bit more quiet this season and taken a step back, which I think has also really helped them. Um, Not just playing, but I think it's helped them in terms of their appearance and their um, media presence because they weren't looking great in the playoffs. (laughs) No, they've gone about their business quite quietly and efficiently, haven't they, and just winning games, which I think is... It's sort of a Kawhi sort of style, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I feel a little bit sorry for Paul George because all eyes are already on the playoffs, you know, in terms of they're saying, oh, great, you can do it in the regular season, but let's see you in the playoffs. Well, I just think that is true, but also the regular season does matter to a point uh, and they do want to get good seeding like they did last year. I said all along, I, as a Mavs fan, I didn't want to play the Clippers because they were the worst team and, and they yeah. got a good enough record that meant they did play the Mavs and that's what you have to do as a good team. Even if you don't win the West, you still have to be like, right, Let's finish in second at least, so we we get the set the, the best matchup we can get, and then we go on from there. I just think that Paul George is at least kind of showing that leadership in the in the regular season. And then when it comes to the playoffs, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, cool. The last team on my list then, because you had the the clips as well, was the Seventy Sixers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lead the East at the moment with an eleven and five record. They're above the Bucks, which is a little bit shocking for us because I know we had the Celtics and Bucks um, leading. I know it's early, but. The 76ers look at the standout team at the moment. Um, they've won their last two games with a huge win last night, I think, against the Celtics. And I kind of want to talk about them and Embiid together. So Embiid looks like a real MVP candidate. He's 38-11 and 11 last night. I think he'd missed two shots up to the fourth quarter. So he's really efficient. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on the 76ers and Embiid as, a, as an MVP candidate at the moment? Um, I think we mentioned it before, but it's the... First time in recent memories with with this Embiid and Simmons lineup, where they've made moves to to fit the team. They've got some shooters in the off season, and they've got a backup center for Embiid, so they can rest him when they need to. They they've got Ben Simmons sort of playing the kind of peripheries almost and doing. He's passing and assisting and and getting rebounds and steals and and just being athletic. You look at his stats and they're they're not jump out the gym absolutely crazy, but they're consistent and that he's almost sort of on a triple double nearly every time you look at a box score. Um, mm. They're just really clicking as a team. Whether that is more like I said, the roster suited to them or this coaching change. And this culture change has really benefited them. I don't know what it is, but everything seems to be clicking for them at the moment. And it's really good to see. Yeah, his, um, Ben Simmons' defensive stats are incredible as well at the moment. And I know he was getting a little bit of stick for, for kind of not scoring enough, but he went absolutely crazy in the fourth quarter last night when they beat the Celtics. So that was a, a huge win for them. Uh, and yeah, like I said, Embiid just looks like a true MVP candidate. And, the only kind of downside this season, I think they're going to be spoken about in terms of Harden quite a lot. Like, should they have done the Harden trade? You know, if they lose a few games or Embiid goes out injured for a week or whatever, they'll always be like, oh, should they have done the Harden trade? So I think that I'm glad that they're playing so well and I hope they keep it up to kind of just say, look, yes, Harden was an option, but we like our team. Uh, Doc Rivers has got the team that he wants and we're just going to kind of run with it. Uh, and I hope that the fact they didn't trade for Harden just won't be a constant storyline. So I'm glad they're willing to to kind of put that to, to the back of the news. It's good. Um, yeah, definitely. And with the way Simmons is playing and the way the team is playing, he doesn't need to score in a massive amount. He's averaging 12, 8 and almost 9 rebounds. And you've got Tobias Harris who's scoring 19 and a half. Joel Embiid's averaging 27. Seth Curry's averaging 16. You've got Shake Milton who's averaging 16 points. And uh, Tyrese Maxey coming off the bench, giving you 10. He doesn't need to be scoring 20 a night. He needs to be setting these guys up, getting the rebounds. He kind of he's, kind of does all the dirty work on the team, and he's really good at it as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and his defensive rating is the, the best in the NBA at the moment. So that's kind of his game. Uh, and they're a very good defensive team, and he's the leader of that. So I just think that he really suits the style that they play and, and almost the way the Doc likes to run his teams. He's a little bit more of a defensive coach, so... I think it's just a, a good fit all around. Um, cool. Well, let's go on to, to losers of the week then. Why don't you kick us off again? Uh, start us off with your first loser of the week, mate. 
I've got a star-studded lineup for my loser of the week this week. Uh, <laughs> most of my top teams in the East. So let's start with my top team in the East, the Boston Celtics. Yeah, they were uh, on my list as well. <laughs> yeah, Norton 3 this week. They do not like playing the 76ers whatsoever. Uh, have they lost every game against them this season so far? I think they might. Yeah, and they had a losing record against them last season as well. Yeah, they seem to be a real kryptonite for Boston. Um, I thought when Jalen Brown came back from injuries and Tristan Thompson came back, they've got Kemba Walker's back. I was thinking... Okay, things are going to sort of pick up from here and everybody's going to be playing well. I know Kemba's going to be on limited minutes and we'll, you know, he'll be eased back into the team, but it's not been going great for them. I know Tatum's out at the moment as well, and he seems to be the kind of glue that's holding this Boston team together at the moment. They need to find a way to win without him. Yeah, they really struggle, don't they, on the offensive end when he doesn't play? Um... I think Jalen Brown scored like 45 points yesterday against, 70, against the uh, yeah, 76ers. But overall, it's just not enough. They missed Tatum so much. And I think Tatum's probably actually underrated offensively because um, they've got a lot of bigs. Well, they haven't. They've got a lot of young bigs. Uh, and Tristan Thompson, they've got loads of guards. But they haven't got many people that can guard wing players because they kind of put it all on Brown and Tatum. So if Tatum's not there, they haven't got a lot of depth behind them, which is a bit of a worry, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and... You just got to look at the caliber of teams they lost to. It wasn't just the 76ers who have a, an amazing record at the moment, but they lost to the Knicks the other night, 105 to 75. That wasn't just a <laughs> a slight loss. That was a pasting from the Knicks of all people. Yeah, Tristan Thompson not looked as good as me and you have thought as well. We were really high on that signing, and I think in the playoffs he'll be a little bit more key, which is good. But we've got to look at the regular season, and they've really struggled. Um, and they're known for being good defensively, but yeah, and like I said, that Knicks win, for example, you're giving up, what, 29 points to quickly and top in two rookies off the bench that are only playing like 20 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game. Uh, and that's just not the hallmark of a Brad Stevens team. Either. So I think they've got to really work on that defensive end. And Joel Embiid seems to kill them every time they play. So, yeah, they were on my list as well. And I think we've kind of said all, all we can say about them. Um, yeah. They're not looking like the winners of the East like, like you thought before the season. <laughs> no, they've really taken a turn. Uh, cool. Well, who's your second team then from your, your, your star-studded lineup on the losers? Uh, my number two pick of the East at the beginning of the season, the Milwaukee Bucks. 0-2 um, this week with one game postponed, um, which was a, against the Wizards last night. Um, they lost the Lakers before that, which, yeah, that's a tough game. That's, that's a real sort of marquee matchup, isn't it? With yeah. Embiid and, and LeBron. But then they, before that, they lost to the Nets. Again, marquee matchups. It's, that's some tough games there. They've had a really sort of tough week of it. And they need to find a way to turn this around. Um, so I, I just think it's, like I said, a bad week for them. They've had tough opposition and they need to. Um, pull themselves out of this hole. Yeah, I think when they play these tougher teams, we get little bits of, uh, little glimpses of, of what they're like in the playoffs in these big games. Um, their offence does seem to stall in the fourth quarter. In both those games we're talking about, you've got Chris Middleton taking like contested shots down the stretch of fourth quarter games because Giannis isn't a fourth quarter player. Um, he, he doesn't want to be fouled because he's not the best free throw shooter. So he doesn't want to kind of be fouled uh, around the perimeter. Um, and teams pack the paint and it ends up being Middleton trying to win you games and we both think Middleton's the number three option on the team some people will disagree and say he's number two which is fine but I think it's safe to say when you're playing the Nets and the Lakers who've got AD and LeBron uh, and I think they, had, they didn't have Kyrie but they had Harden and KD I know which of those players I want taking the shot least out of those six stars it's Middleton um, but he has to do it just because of the way the Bucks offense works so I think that but it's something we've spoke about time and time again in the playoffs, isn't it? And it, it does kind of only show up in the big games in the regular season. I just think that they've got a tough game coming up against the Hawks and then they've got the Raptors, Pelicans, Hornets. They need to try and get on a bit of a roll, I think, to, to get back on track. That's where I think that, if it had gone through that signing of Bogdanovich, would have made a real difference for them. 
just having an additional option in that fourth quarter moment um, because everybody knows Giannis isn't going to shoot it or we'll pack the paint and we'll stop him. And then everybody knows, okay, the backup option is Middleton. So there's no surprises with the Bucks, And I yeah. think having someone like Bogdanovich would have been that spark, that game changer. We've seen how many sort of game-winning shots and stuff he can put in for a team. So um, I, I really think they've dropped the ball there by not being able to do what they can to, to, to finish that for whatever reason. So Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think they need to work on these this offence in, in big moments. Um, we'll have to see if they do it because they don't. I think this could be the coaches last year because they're definitely uh, in the title-winning window, aren't they? They want to win that title now. So I think that they need to turn their, their fortunes around. Um, okay, well, let's go on to my next my next team then. Uh, that's not on your list. This is a, another Eastern Conference team, but it's not a star-studded team. It's the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they're sitting with a 6-9 and nine record, I believe. They've got four losses in a row. And they've dropped from, I think, they were the seventh seed when we did our second weekly pod. And now we're doing our fourth weekly pod. They're, they're down to 13th in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and I guess defence, mate, is where I kind of start. They're giving up third highest points in the league at the moment that they're really struggling in terms of stopping other teams and I also just think they need to start Lamelo Ball and kind of just commit to say that we're not going to be a playoff team or even if we are I think we need to play Lamelo more minutes we need to play him in high leverage situations and we need to stop this Rosier uh, Devonte Graham backcourt for me um, what are your thoughts on the Hornets as a team? Yeah that's the way I thought it was going to go they were just going to commit to um, Lamelo and and kind of embrace this younger culture and rebuilding kind of thing. But then Rosier came out and dropped a load of points game after game. And I think it's really messed with their heads and their system and what they want out of this team now. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, maybe now could be a good chance to kind of shop Rosier around. He's playing really well. Teams you could use a backup point guard. Uh, I know he's on quite a hefty contract, I think, that he signed with the Hornets. So maybe it's a difficult one to move. Um, But I agree. I think they need to commit to Lamelo and um, find a sort of core couple of players they want to build around and and create a future around. I know they've got Gordon Hayward, but for me, he's kind of like a, a locker room guy. He's still an incredible player, don't get me wrong he's there to guide them and, and show them how an NBA player should act and should work and create a good team ethic and atmosphere more so than win them games. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's turning into classic Hornets, isn't it? A very confused roster. Yeah. A uh, quick shout out to PJ Washington because he's very high up in, in most metrics now for offensive and defensive players for players under the age of 25 um, so he's playing really well in a team that's struggling so they've got a couple of pieces there I just think like you said they need to uh, to, to kind of utilise how they play them and just accept that even if we lose this season we'll get a good draft pick and, and the players will develop I think they need to accept that for this year uh, cool well who's your last team then on your losers list uh, last team on my losers list is a team that everybody has fairly highly on their Eastern Conference list, and that is the Brooklyn Nets. If you've lost twice to the Cavs in one week, you're a loser, right? Especially if you have three all-stars on your roster. All right, one of them didn't play in the second game, but you're playing the Cavs. I mean, come on. I know it's a new roster, and they're all getting used to playing with each other, but realistically, like we said with um, Utah on the flip side and the Clippers on the flip side, they are playing and winning these games that they should be winning. And the Nets need to be doing the same. Otherwise, they might struggle when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um I think we've seen already how good this team's going to be offensively uh, and, and the worries that everyone had with them defensively have come to fruition, I think, with how many points they've given up just against your Cavs, like you said. Um, but yeah, I didn't put them on my list. I think it's still early. 
Uh, and I, yeah, it's not great to lose the Cavs back to back, I guess. <laughs> um, but as a Cavs fan, you should be not putting them on the list because you know how great the Cavs are. Championship winning roster, all the sensors, just dominating the games with bigs. Love it. <laughs> dominating. Maybe Brooklyn want to trade to have one back. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got a friend on 2K who's already traded Jarrett Allen. He's a Nets fan. So that kind of shows you their thoughts on their situation with their bigs at the moment. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I can't. I can't argue what you said. It's it's not a great week for them in terms of results. Even though they did beat the beat the Bucks earlier in the, in the week, um, yeah, they just need to to kind of develop this roster and hope that the big three get a little bit more playing time and practice time together and see how we roll. Um, cool. Well, my last team, like I said, is not the Nets. It is a team we spoke about last week. Unfortunately, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, they've not had a good week again. I couldn't really just take them off the. Off the list, I just think that they're still still really struggling at the moment. Uh, in terms of standings in the Western Conference, they are where they were before, rock bottom. Uh, third and 11 record at the moment. They've lost four games in a row in total. Uh, I think they've lost two or three, is it this week? Um, yeah, they've lost three games this week uh, to the Magic, Hawks and Hawks again. Uh, and the Hawks themselves defensively have been a nightmare, and the, and the Timberwolves haven't broken 100 points against any of those three teams, uh, any of those three games. So offensively, they're looking not as good as we thought. But like we said last week, they're still probably the worst or one of the worst defensive teams in the league, which doesn't help if you're not breaking 100 points in games offensively. And they just look like the worst team in the West for me, mate. Unfortunately, at the moment, I I think they're going to really struggle. And the issue, like we said last week, is that if they get in the draft lottery and the pick ends up being number four or five or six, then the Warriors will get that pick and they won't even benefit from tanking. So, yeah, not a great week again for the Timberwolves. They, um, they, it's the offence that worries me with the Timberwolves because you look at the team and you go, OK, I can give them that they're not going to be a great defensive team this season, but they should be a really good offensive team. And they're just, they're not. There's a highlight from... Uh, the most recent game against the Hawks, which <clears throat> I think sort of summarises their issues. If if I was to ask you, what is Trey Young best at? What was his standout thing that he is really good at? I'd probably say passing, to be honest. Passing. I don't think he's as good three-point shooter as what people think, but a lot of people would say shooting, and uh, that's not been as good as you think. <laughs> so... Passing or shooting, you want a defender to be playing up on Trey Young and make him take you on the dribble and try and drive in, right? There's yeah. a highlight from last, whenever it was they played, where Trey Young steps up to the three point line. There's three Timberwolves defenders around him, and all three sink in. And Trey Young physically has time to look around, shrug his shoulders. And take a three-pointer. <laughs> and it's like... Uncontested three. not put a body on Yeah. Yeah. It highlights everything you see. Like, I even saw, I can't remember who it was now, maybe a Clint Capella stat line the other day. Um, the amount of open dunks he was getting against them was just crazy. Um, yeah, I just think they're really bad defensively. And Ryan Saunders, yeah, that's their coach, I think. I think he's going to be gone very soon. He could be the first coach fired. If we put bets on that, I think that both of us would be looking at him as a, a first coach fired candidate. Ooh, that's a good prediction. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. Cool. Well, that's our winners and losers for this week then. Um, like we said at the start, this is episode 50. So we've got a little special segment in the middle that's not related much to true basketball. Um, but me and Ben have loved the film Semi-Pro. It's one of the reasons we grew even closer as friends at secondary school because we used to watch and talk about this movie and shout random qu quotes during basketball games uh, in secondary school when we played together. Uh, and it's a movie close to our hearts, so we thought, why not include it in episode 50? And when we get to episode 100, we'll probably do a different Semi-Pro segment. It's going to be a, a staple of the pod. Um, so, Ben, why don't you kind of talk about the idea that we've got for this segment and kick us off with your, your first answers. Well, what we're going to do is to uh, get the crowds in. We're going to create an arena in the middle of our arena and we're going to invite a bear in <laughs> or Dewey and we're going to wrestle a bear. Let's go. In the mega ball. Now, um, what we thought we'd do is we'd take the roster from the Flint, Michigan tropics, from the, from the movie and we would try and find 
NBA comparisons to those players, um, whether that be current or past NBA players. And we kind of have to justify why we think this is the best comparison. And then maybe we can put it up to a vote on the Twitter and see who came out with the best comparisons for each player. Cool. Sounds good. Um, so I don't know if you want to kick us off with one of yours or should I go in with one of mine? Which player do we want to start with? Do we want to start with the, the better player, the more famous players on the roster, or are we going to start at the, uh, the, the, the bench of the roster? Let's, let's start top end. Let's, go, let's start with the main man, Jackie Moon. Okay, cool. Well, I'll go first then because I've got a good one for Jackie Moon okay. in relation to this podcast. So for Jackie Moon, my player comparison is no other than Carmelo Anthony. Um, wow. The re- reasons for the comparison, two of my favourite players of all time. Uh, I've got a jersey for both of them hung up in my man cave. Uh, one that Ben actually bought me as a present, my Jackie Moon jersey. Um, in terms of playing style, they both live in the post. Anyone who's watched the movie uh, seen <laughs> Jackie Moon try and receive the ball in the post multiple times. Uh, I'd say they're both two-point specialists. And they're not really as known for their three game back in the day. Uh, and the other link they have is they both hate the Nets. Uh, Carmelo Anthony hated the Nets when he played for the Knicks. He scored many points and won many games for the Knicks when they played the Nets at this time. And Jackie Moon in the movie also hates the Nets because they're chosen to go up into the NBA when Flint Michigan Tropics are chosen not to go up to the NBA. So, yeah, my first comparison was none other than Carmelo Anthony, Jackie Moon, post players and two of my favourite players. Who's your your Jackie Moon comparison? There's a a hell of a comparison there. I did (laughs) not see... Carmelo being <laughs> the Jackie Moon comparison. I love that. <laughs> Very good. Okay, my player comparison. Um, there's one main reason why I picked this player. So it's a past player called um, Rick Barry. Now, I didn't know much about Rick Barry till I did this little bit of research. He uh, played about... 10 or 11 seasons in the NBA, um, was a very, very good player. But there was one facet of his game, his best facet of his game. No, I know what it is. We didn't get to see very often, especially in the movie with Jackie Moon. But he used to shoot his free throws, granny style. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Jackie Moon. Not as flamboyantly as Jackie. He didn't do all the kisses and the bounces and the um, squats over a camera. But he used to shoot his free throws underhanded. So that is the main reason I've picked Rick Barry for my Jackie Moon comparison. Nice. I love that. I love that. One of my favorite scenes in the movie with the kisses. Uh, and he never misses a free throw, Jackie Moon. So I like it. Um, well, why don't we go on to maybe the other main movie star in the lineup, uh, Ed Monix, who they get in a trade for a washing machine midway through the season. Uh, why don't you go first tell me who your Ed Monix comparison is so my Ed Monix comparison is Canada's own Steve Natch we've got a tie we've got a match Ah, (laughs) do you know what uh, swung it for me Uh, I wonder if it's the same for you no it's the hair yeah the hair's (laughs) up there as well the 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 old, old hair is very similar wasn't it the Steve Nash sort of son's era hair. He's the leader of a team. He's the point guard. Um, like you said, he's, he's become a coach. He fits this Ed Monix role, just pinpoint, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. So I wrote down, he's a small pass first point guard. He wasn't afraid to go at bigger guys like Steve Nash and Ed Monix were known for. Um, becomes a head coach. And also is amidst uh, a big trade that tries to swing a, a big moment for a big team with the tropics. And when the Lakers got Nash, uh, I would kind of compared the two as well. So yeah, I think that's, that's our first tie. I'm surprised we did tie, but yeah, maybe it's a good comparison if we both thought of it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think with the trade to the Lakers, I think the Lakers got the washing machine rather than actually getting the player. But, uh, <laughs> Steve Nash posted something recently and he's like, uh, here's my best highlight as a Laker. And it's him just in one of the timeouts doing keepy ups with the ball. Um, very good you just got to remember everybody love everybody that's the rule that's everybody the rule. love everybody love everybody cool well, let's go on to the third star in the team the third well probably the best player uh, if you watch the movie uh, Clarence he has many nicknames in the film but he's called Clarence 
Uh, yes. Coffee Black. His other name is um, what's his other name? I've forgotten. That. Can't remember. I can't remember. It's um, oh, the first name he's got. I can't remember because he changes it, doesn't he? Yeah, so he does change it. Sorry, I've got it. Uh, down, downtown Funky Stuff Malone. Stuff Malone. Um, so yeah, I'll go first on this one then. Uh, so I, this was one that I wanted to get right, so I changed my answer quite a few times. I, I struggled with a couple of players, but he had loads of comparisons for. But I ended up going with a podcast favourite in Mr. James Harden. Uh, I put he's a scorer, which is true for Clarence. Yeah, uh, he does doesn't pass. Uh, he likes to turn down two pointers for three pointers. In the start of the movie, he kind of runs left to right and shoots <laughs> a three, contested three pointer over five players rather than just take a dunk or a pass pass for two. Uh, also, he's late for games and training quite often because he's seen as too good for the team. This is something that happened with James Harden quite a lot in his uh, Rocket days, especially in. And also, in the movie, uh, Clarence gets traded to the team that he wants to try and become a true NBA player. And James Harden has got the trade that he wants to try and become a true NBA champion. So, yeah, my comparison was was Clarence and James Harden, two definitely high-end scorers, but maybe not the best teammates at the start. So, yeah, that's my comparison. Who's yours? So, I, I think your comparison has more merit behind it than mine does. Mine was real, like... Um... I thought of this and thought, this is genius, but actually, yours is way better. But <laughs> my comparison for downtown funky stuff Malone is LeBron James. <laughs> uh, the standout player on a team by far. He gets traded to a team, although LeBron wasn't traded. He leaves his home team to go to another team and then leaves that team to come back to help them win a Mega Bowl. So <laughs> I've come with LeBron simply for the fact that he is a great player, he can do it all, and he leaves the team and comes back to it to help them win. Nice. Very good. I like it. I like it. Um, cool. Well, let's go on to which best you next? Should we do Twiggy next? Yeah, let's go for Twiggy. Cool. So, why don't you start this one off? Who did you have as your player comparison for Twiggy? So, Twiggy is one of the only white players on the team. <laughs> he's very young. He's got lovely hair. Um, lovely hair. And he is... What I might do at the end is play the player introductions, because one of my players, you might need to listen to some of the player introductions to know why I've picked him. Um, he is listed at six foot five. So that got me thinking, what current players do we have at six foot five that are kind of a bit of a standout on their team, a bit of maybe a bit of a cult hero at the moment? So my player comparison for Twiggy is Alex Caruso. <laughs> now, the only thing I don't like about this matchup is Twiggy has amazing hair and Alex Caruso has none. But apart from that, I think it's a great comparison. Definite cult hero status for both those teams there, with uh, Twiggy and Caruso, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was my pick for Twiggy. I like that one. That's nice. That's very nice. Uh, cool. Well, my comparison, I've gone with an ex-NBA player. Um, this is the... Well, actually, no, Steve Nash is ex, but this is the first player who's not still around the NBA in some way. I've gone with a another cult hero um, for, for the Charlotte Bobcats back in the day. I've gone with Adam Morrison. Uh, he's a player that people will... Um, will hopefully remember for his crazy hair and good three-point shooting. Uh, they basically got the same haircut. They're near enough the same height. Uh, and in the movie, Twig, Twig makes a couple of nice little drives to the basket and a good, good sort of mid-range shot. So Adam Morrison was known for his good shooting prowess. So I compared them. But uh, there's also a moment in the film where Twiggy is known for, let's just say, being involved with another player's family member in a certain way. <laughs> uh, and Adam Morrison has dated two ex fiancés or girlfriends of current NBA players, including uh, Boban's ex-girlfriend. So he's got a little bit of reputation for, for getting involved maybe with some some, some NBA players' exes. Uh, and Twiggy definitely in the movie has a very bad reputation for getting involved with uh, NBA player exes. So that's my player comparison for Twiggy is Mr. Adam Morrison of the Charlotte Bobcats. That's a great comparison, except Adam Morrison has a horrible moustache for quite a few of his photos. 
Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's got a very much porn star moustache back in his rookie days. <laughs> and although he has a reputation, he does have the nickname Twiggy for a particular reason, um, <laughs> which, uh, again, if I play the introduction soon, you'll understand why. Um, so next on the list, I've got Vakaidis. Yes, my favourite almost player in this film. <laughs> he is um, a centre from Eastern Europe, I believe Lithuania. That's correct. Uh, listed at seven foot two, although he's definitely not seven foot two. Um, he doesn't understand any English, and <laughs> uh, when he comes onto the court, he is just there to rebound the ball and pass it. He's just a big guy, basically. Um, Very big. So, do you want to go with your one first on this one? Yeah, I've gone with someone who would be close to your heart, actually, as a Cavs LeBron fan. I've gone with Timofey Mozgov. Nice. <laughs> Cavaliers. Um, he's a European centre, as we know. I'm not quite sure if he's exactly seven foot two, but the idea is he's a big centre. Um, he's a very good rebounder, which gets mentioned in the movie. Uh, and so is Mozgov. Uh, but the next part's a little bit harsh. Uh, he also gets known in the movie for not being the best-looking of European centres. And in my humble opinion, uh, Mozgov also fits the banner of uh, not the best-looking European centre. So I've gone with Timothy Mozgov, ex-Cavs legend, and I think NBA champion, maybe. Yes, nice. Well, I don't think you're far off. I think he is 7-1, so that's, that's good in terms of height comparison. Yeah, who was uh, who was yours for uh, Mr. Pekaidis? Um My one is what I consider to be a Timberwolves legend. Um, he was struck with injuries towards the end of his quite short career. Who knows? We may see him again. But um, he was an absolute beast, and to look at again more on looks comparisons to Vakaidis, I feel like this is spot on. I've picked Nikola Pekovic <laughs> uh, from Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, he's six foot eleven, and Serbian, I think, isn't it? So. Yeah, uh, yeah, Montenegro. So he it just just Google a picture of him, and it, it just screams Vakaidis. And if you see <laughs> him play as well, he is literally just there to to get boards and pass the board to somebody else. Like, and he was good at it as well. Um, yeah, good rebounder, sure. Yeah. So, Nikola Pekovic is my pick for uh, Vakaidis. Very good, very good. Um, but what we'll do at the end, you can, at the end of the segment, you can play the intros uh, for everyone. Uh, next, I'll go with Scootsy then, um, the next bench player from the team. Uh, he's probably the one I had the most difficulty with because he doesn't have a lot of basketball-related moments in the movie. Um, he's very much their comic relief <laughs> uh, yeah. so I did struggle with this one um, but I've gone with someone I like Scootsy he's one of my favourite characters in the film he's funny so I like him so I've gone with a player I like I've gone with Frank Milikina aka Frankie Smokes from the New York Knicks nice. uh, the thought process is not in terms of looks or heights or anything like that it's more about style and personality so Scootsy is a true backup point guard he gets very upset when they sign Monix to replace him as starting point guard um, I think Frank Nierkina feels the same with Austin Rivers. Uh, he doesn't offer much offensively, but in the film he hits the odd corner three and the odd drive to the basket, which is very much like Frankie Smokes. And also he's very funny and known as a good teammate. And Frankie Smokes is a very, very good teammate, good defender. And a couple of interviews I've seen where he does in English, he also makes me laugh with some of his Americanisms. So, yeah, I've gone with Scootsy and Frankie Smokes. But yeah, this was the hardest one that I had for me. That's that's a good comparison. I like the detail you've gone into there. Um, yours. So, not gone position-wise. Again, a lot of mine have been based on information I've got from Jackie Moon's introductions for the players. <laughs> and um, Scootsy's introduction, um, he <laughs> is very nice to his brother who has a lot of issues. And so I've gone with a brother, an NBA brother. So for me, Scootsy <laughs> is Markeith Morris. <laughs> and his brother, obviously, is Marcus Morris. 
Yeah, a lot of issues. <laughs> when you hear the introduction after this, you can always think of Marcus Morris as Scootsy's brother. Yes, I love that. I love that. That one definitely beats my my Frankie Smokes. Um, I'm quite interested for your next comparison then, related to the intros. Uh, we've got BB Ellis as the last player in the team. Uh, he's definitely a bench player. He starts the movie on the bench until Clarence doesn't turn up and he has to be rushed into the starting lineup. Uh, so, who did you have as your BB Ellis comparison? So, this is going off um, some, again, information from introductions. Um, this research I really enjoyed doing, trying to find a really good comparison for this. Um, and I've picked. Uh, so, BB Ellis for me is Steph Curry. Now, the reason I've picked Steph Curry, have you ever. Um, seen his wife me personally uh may have seen her a few times on on steph curry's instagram yeah sure so if listeners at home when i play the introduction and then go and look at a picture of steph's wife you will see why i've made bb ellis <laughs> steph curry uh, <laughs> so yeah who have you got liam oh god this is funny um <laughs> The intros are going to make people laugh. Uh, I've gone with nothing to do with the introduction. I've gone again with basketball fits, sort of. Um, so, BB Ellis, he's a great teammate. He doesn't seem to play a lot. He's been around the team for years. Uh, and apparently, he's a very good guy to party with. So, I've gone with Udonis Haslam of the Miami Heat. <laughs> Someone who's also a, a very big guy, like BB Ellis. He doesn't play a lot. Um, he does seem like a good guy to party with uh, and his fits that he wears to games are very much like uh, BB Ellis he's very lively with his clothes which Ellis is like in the, in, in the film yeah. uh, unfortunately I don't know if he fits the off-court criteria uh, that Ben is going to kind of reveal uh, I'm just doing a little bit of googling here now um, there might be an argument to say that he also fits that style to be fair, you never know um, we'll leave that to the listeners to, to judge but yeah, I've gone with I found. He certainly did. <laughs> You've gone with uh, Udonis Haslam uh, as mine. So my team is Ed Monix, Jackie Moon, Clarence, Twiggy, Bakaida, Scootsy, BB Ellis, which equals Steve Nash, Carmelo Anthony, James Harden, Adam Morrison, Timothy Mosgoff, Frankie Smokes, Udonis Haslam. And I think we've got a playoff team there in the NBA. Nice. So I've gone with Monix is Steve Nash, my starting point guard slash coach. Jackie Moon... My leader in Rick Barry. Uh, Clarence, my uh, star player, is LeBron. Um, my sort of cult hero, Twiggy, is Alex Caruso. My big foreign rebounder, Vakaidis, is Nikola Pekovic. Uh, Scootsy, my caring <laughs> brother, is Markeith Morris. And BB Ellis, um, with his beautiful wife, is Steph Curry. Uh, yeah, so yeah, what I'll do to you, for you now is I'll play this through my phone. Hopefully it comes out really well. Um, excuse any language that might be or any references that might be. Maybe it's not age well, but I still love it. Um, this is the semi-pro starting lineup, starting at Ball Girl or after a YouTube advert. So <laughs> we'll just get that out of the way. Yeah, they, they start with a Ball Girl. Oh, we've missed the ball girl. Here we go. Ball girl, measuring 34, 23, 34. She hopes to be an astronaut one day. I don't think she can do it. Put your hands together for Melinda! Himself in Indiana. This guy has a heart of gold. His brother's a retard. He reads to him and paints some pretty pictures. Scoopsy! This guy is single and disease-free, no VD at all, but you could be the lucky girl to give it to him. Six foot five, Twiggy Lutzen. Of course he's disease-free, which chick wants to be with a guy sound like a twig. Well, that's not true. I've heard a lot of women say that they actually prefer a small penis. Show me one gal who says that and I'll show you a liar. I'll introduce you to Mrs. Pepperfield oh. later on tonight. Oh, Jesus, here we go. <laughs> man in the middle, seven foot two, from a weird country called Lithuania. 
He's ugly as shit. James Harden's not turned up. From Peoria, <laughs> Illinois. This guy, what can I say about him? He's got the hottest girl in the world. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Cannons, people. Big old boobies. The luckiest man in Flint. Steve. It's true about what they say about Phoebe's wife. She has got a tremendous set of boobs. To me, they're too large. Oh, they're perfect. I don't know. They, to me, she looks structurally unsound. <laughs> and now, the moment you've all been waiting for. At six foot five, a solid, meaty 250 pounds. Your pregame announcer, your owner, your coach, your pop singing sensation, but most importantly, your power forward, yours truly, Jackie And there you have it, the Flint, Michigan Tropic introductions, and hopefully that shed some light on why I picked certain players. That definitely did shed some light. Very, very good. Cool. Well, let's move swiftly on from that before we get any uh, fines and or complaints. <laughs> um, let's end the podcast quickly then on the best upcoming game segments. So we're kind of predicting uh, a few games. We're going to go with three games this week. Uh, we, we pick three games each, we predict the winner for each and we'll see how we get on. So last week uh, I actually won um, thanks to the Mavs winning one of their games that you didn't have uh, and the Warriors beating the the Lakers. Uh, so overall we're tied now at 2-2 two and two for the season uh, and we'll see how this week goes. So why don't we kick it off with my first game. Uh, I've gone with the Mavs. I've gone with the Nuggets versus the Mavs 1.30am on Monday. Uh, we won't go into too much depth for each game. We'll just kind of predict two wins. But this is definitely a massive game in the Western Conference. Two teams that want to finish in the top four. I am always going to be a homer, and I'm going to pick the Mavs to win. What about you, Ben? Um, tricky one to pick, but I think I am going to go with you on this one. Nice. I'm going to go with the Mavs. Cool. Very good. I'll be happy if that comes true. Um, what about you? What was your first game for the week? Um, we will keep on that theme. I also have a Mavs game, but Mavs Jazz. This one, I'm going. They're playing them twice this week. I'm going with the Wednesday fixture, mm-hmm. and I think the Jazz are going to continue rolling into this game at least, and the Jazz are going to come out on top. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one for the Mavs. Um, I'll stay as a homer. I think they're more likely to win the Jazz game probably than they are. The Nuggets game, so I will lean towards the Mavs in this one. Hopefully, Josh Richardson should be back, we hope. So, yeah, I'll go with the Mavs in that one. So, our, our first difference for the week. Um, cool. Next game for me is also on Wednesday. I've gone with the Nets versus the Hawks. Two very much offensive teams. <laughs> uh, I expect a lot of points in this game. Uh, but I am going to go with the Nets. Harden, Kyrie, and, and Durant, too good for the Hawks. So, yeah, I'll go with the Nets to beat the Hawks on Wednesday. What about you? I'm going to be boring and join you. I think the Nets will come out on top. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That'll be a high-scoring game for sure. Yes. Um, Cool. What about your second game for the week? My second game for the week, um, two sort of teams we've both kind of been expecting more from. One you've mentioned already, actually. Um, The Heat and the Nuggets on Wednesday. Um, I think the Nuggets are playing better than the Heat, but the Heat have had... A lot of roster issues so far this season, which really hasn't helped. But could they be sort of getting back into form on this game? The Nuggets are very unpredictable, very up and down as a team. I think it's quite a tricky one to call. However, I am going to go with the Nuggets for this one. Yeah, I'm going to be boring as well. I think the the Nuggets are too good. Uh, I'm not sure what sort of roster the the Heat are going to be able to put out after all their COVID issues. So, I'll go with the Nuggets to win, I think, and keep on a bit of a good record that they'll be on for the last couple of weeks. Uh, cool. Uh, so my last game then, two Western Conference teams. This will be a fun matchup. I think it's a TNT game after we were speaking about the, the guys earlier. It's a 
Warriors versus the Suns on Thursday night, technically. Well, technically Friday morning, <laughs> 2 a.m. Uh, this is tough for me. The Suns are probably playing better overall at the moment, but I am a Warriors fan. Uh, and as the Lakers know, Steph Curry can beat anyone in the NBA. So I am going to go with the Warriors to beat the Suns on Thursday. What, what are your thoughts on who wins that game? I... I uh, it's really tricky because my head says Golden State are going to win this, but my heart says the Suns are going to go. But for the fa- for the sake of differences, I'll split it and I'll go. The Suns are taking it. Nice. I'd hope you say that. Hope you say that. You're a Chris Paul fan for the night on Thursday. Uh, cool. Well, what is your last game for the week? Um, my last game for the week. After putting them on my losers list and saying they need to climb themselves out of this hole, is the Bucks mm-hmm. versus New Orleans. Um, nice. If there's a game they should win. It's this one, and this will be a chance for them to put a marker down and, and kind of sort themselves out. So I'm going to go with the Bucks coming out on top there. Yeah, I can't disagree with you on that one. I don't want to. I don't want to lose points this week, so I have to go with the Bucks. I think they need to bounce back, like you said. Uh, and the Pelicans are really struggling again at the moment this season. So I think Giannis and the Bucks to to win that one. Um, so that means for the week so far, uh, we have. Two differences they're going to decide the week's score. We have the Jazz versus the Mavs, where you've gone Jazz and I've gone Mavs. Uh, and then on Thursday, we have Warriors versus Suns, and you've gone Suns, I've gone the Warriors. So two Western Conference matchups that are going to decide who wins this week and, and takes a 3-2 lead in the prediction tally. Yeah, it should be a, a couple of close games, I reckon. Yeah, I think so too. Some stars as well to watch, which will be, which will be fun. Uh, and hopefully, touch wood, we don't get many uh, COVID cancellations. I know that they're still kind of rolling around the league at the moment, but I think the NBA is doing as well as they can. And, and I think we could see a, a strange second half to the season schedule, but hopefully we don't have too many cancellations this week. We shall see. Uh, cool, but I think that's probably a good place to wrap up the 50th episode. We've had semi-pro, we've had winners, we've had losers, we've had Steph Curry's wife, uh, and we've had some predictions. So I think it's a perfect 50th episode then. Yeah, uh, I'm going to carry on my theme of like nicknames and stuff I've been finding for players. Um, so today, I'm going to read you Markeith Morris's nicknames. We've got <laughs> Keith, Smooth, Snoop Dogg, and now we have Scootsy. Scootsy, I like it, I like it. Cool. Well, thanks for listening again, everybody. Thanks for, for joining me as always, Ben. Uh, we've got an episode coming out midweek with James Plowright to talk about the Hornets, talk about some rookie players, talk about some sophomore players. Uh, and then Ben won't be back until the week after next because he's got some family commitments next weekend. But maybe we'll get an episode out. We're going to see how it, how it kind of goes. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to us for 50 episodes. And thanks for everyone that supported us along the way. We'll speak to you soon.